Welcome to Creative on Purpose Live. These conversations are about flying higher and endeavors that make a difference. Do the work you're meant to do now. It's time to be creative on purpose. Are you ready? Let's go. I'm your host, Scott Perry, author of Endeavor and Chief Difference Maker at Creative on Purpose. Learn more about me and my work and grab your free copy of Stepping into Possibility at creativeonpurpose.com. Now, let's meet today's guest. Coach Jenny, welcome to the broadcast. Please tell our viewers who you are, what you're up to these days, and where can they go to connect with you to learn more about you and your great work? Well, hello. I'm so excited to be here. My name is Jenny Mustafa Julak, but nobody calls me that because, I mean, it's ridiculous. Everybody calls me Coach Jenny. What I'm up to these days is, you know, really, this has been the year of uh, pivoting because we have no choice, but it's been really kind of exciting. And I'm up to a, a few creative endeavors. I'm starting my second book and I'm working on just finishing touches of remodeling my business. So that's exciting. And if you want to catch up with me, I'm Coach Jenny everywhere. So CoachJenny.com, Coach Jenny on Instagram, Coach Jenny on YouTube, all of the places. Just spell Jenny with an IE. Really excited to have you here, Coach Jenny. So Coach Jenny and I um, have collided through our mutual friend, Tamson Horton's uh, or group called PBK. And um, she is a fellow coach, so just has been super generous with me and, and sharing some of the secrets to her raging success. And um, I happen to know about some of your uh, recent endeavors that I would love to, to talk to you a little bit about. But as someone who is also putting um, some effort into getting a new book birthed out into the world, tell us a little bit about the book that you're working on. And I would love to hear just a little bit about like what a book is for in terms of you and your business and if you want to share a little bit about how what your process is for for creating a book oh sure so i have written a whopping one book i want to be clear but um that first book process was tortured unnecessarily like i i was one of those people who thought it needed to be the most challenging endeavor the very woe is me scarlett o'hara of it all um and i spent um good five months deciding what I was going to write the first time and then 13 months developing, researching, writing, and self-publishing the first book. I would like to not do that a second time <laughs> if I'm being very honest, but I am in that same place where I don't know if this is the case for you, Scott, but when it comes to creating something, the hardest part for me is getting up to and stepping off the starting line. Mm because um, there's a couple things I want to write. Um, there's a, a few different pieces I want to create. And um, it's there's a whole lot of chicken and egg happening in my head. Do Is the next thing I want to write a deep dive into this very specific process I've created called proof? Is that where I want to go? Because that has turned out to be the most valuable tool in my coaching practice right now. Or do I want to write the book that's more about the movement that I'm creating, um, where it's more of a call to arms, if you will, for the, the movement of people who uh, buy into what I'm doing. And so right now, my process is, is sussing out outlines for both of those things and deciding which comes first. Both will exist, but I can only write one at a time. Yeah, no, I, I really, I, I love that approach. I, I like you, when I wrote my first book, turned it into an agonizing, arduous um experience full of self-loathing, self-doubt, self-flagellation, and everything else. Um, and when I finally like let 
my first book just be my first book and left it alone and stopped revising it and polishing it uh, and went on to my second book, I found that the hardest thing about moving on uh, is just simply moving on. I mean, your first book is not going to be your best book, so why not just get it out there and get it done, get some feedback, um, learn the lessons that you need to learn and, and, and move forward. And, and now, the book that I'm writing now, I joke, um, you know, I, I've, I've, I'm actually putting the final touches on the first draft uh, this week, and it's only taken me a couple of months. And people say, how can you write a book in a couple of months? I said, oh, I've been writing the book for 55 years. I'm just typing it now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Now we're just putting it on paper. I, I, I totally hear you. I have been ruminating on this for a very long time. Um, and anybody who knows me and my work knows there's a lot of irony up in that because, you know, I'm all about like, get it done, get it done. But um, it's, I, I think there's something to the story we get to tell ourselves about, oh, but it was, we suffered for our art and all of this kind of crap that we tell ourselves that seems important that I've realized is just a big colossal excuse. And um, I don't want to write a laborious book. I want to write something that matters. Yeah. Well, and, and you mentioned this, um, you use this phrase that we use a lot of creative on purpose. And I'd love for you to unpack this in terms of um, not just the book and the coaching that you've you've done, uh, but also the community that I know that you have and that, that you're continuing to develop. And that's the idea of, you know, writing about a movement and, and doing work as part of a cause. And, you know, we talk about, again, we talk about this a lot in Creative Our Purpose, but just for, for your purposes, what, what do you mean when you say, like, I want to share the, you know, what's going on with the movement? I want to help define the container and, and, and the uh, intention or the aim of where the movement's going? Oh, great question. So I'm on a mission. So my whole background for anybody who doesn't know me is I am an inner critic expert. And I talk about the inner critic in a silly, ridiculous, playful way. I call her Hilda. Apologies to anybody listening named Hilda. You can call yours Jenny, so we're even. Um, but I, my whole thing is about Hilda, and I'm on a mission to make Hilda a household name. That's really what the movement is about. Because as people know about Hilda and, and the silly way that I approach it, it undermines what your inner critic is able to do. And it allows you to get on with the business of changing the world. And that's the key to my movement. I don't just want to help people learn about something that I have to offer. Mm -hmm. I want to help them stop squandering their potential so they can get on with the business of changing the world. I work with change makers who are just holding themselves back. That works really, really important. And it certainly doesn't have time for me to be worried about which book I'm going to write. Right? Like, come on, I got to get on with it already. Um, and it's that impatient ambition that I've always experienced in myself. I've realized that's who my tribe is. That's who my community is, is a bunch of other people who have that unintentional, we don't know where it came from, impatient ambition. And we need to put it out in the world, but we're afraid of all these reasons. And so my movement is really about finding those people who feel like you're one of the most ambitious people you know everybody around you loves you but doesn't necessarily get you <laughs> because you have this in, this ambition thing that drives you crazy and i want to help them actually express that and get it out in the world wow, i really love that well and so so many of us that are in this involved in this kind of work i mean we're all about helping people develop their potential and realize their promise and help them get, I mean, 
would love for your thoughts on this. I mean, I think a lot of the work that you and I do with our clients and communities is helping them see what's in their way that they're not seeing. And then most of the time helping them realize that they actually are the complicit in, <laughs> in their, in putting something in their own way, um, and impeding their own, uh, progress is that a is that something that you find to be true oh absolutely i mean i usually don't use the word complicit but you're you're spot on right because that i mean that's wonderfully harsh i like wonderfully harsh right is this wake-up call of like oh wow the problem is my choices but i also like to help people realize that it's not their fault right and that sounds cheesy and trite but go with me on this, right? It's not their fault. And they don't have a disease of holding themselves back. They have a habit. They have a habit of letting Hilda win. They have a habit of choosing perfectionism over actually getting started. They have a habit of procrastinating because it's big and scary to finish something. They have a habit of second guessing everything because, well, isn't that what you're supposed to do if you're a strategic thinker? And so my point is to figure out, notice that you have these habits, laugh at yourself <laughs> and then you can actually tackle it you can address those things i love that um reminder and it's it and it truly is not our fault because we are narrative creatures we make sense of the world and ourselves through stories and we are social creatures we cannot survive or thrive in the world without being surrounded by people that share you know so, share beliefs share stories um, and one of the things that I find in working with community uh, is that I am a rock star at finding out what my friends and associates are doing to get in their own way. And as you and I found out just in a meeting a few days ago, <laughs> I am the worst about putting, getting in my own way and not being able to see that I am getting, you know, that I- I'm gonna I interrupt have. though, you're not the worst, you're just another person who has this. And because you're good at spotting it with somebody else, it feels like you're the worst. Like, oh my gosh, I should know better. But coaches need coaches, mm -hmm. right? Coaches need coaches, it's really important. We can't see our own blind spots, that's why they're called blind spots. And that's why we need each other's support. Um, so I'm sorry to interrupt you, but oh, I, no. I wanna make sure you don't say, but I'm the worst at this. You're not the worst at this. You are another person who struggles with this. And just because you can spot it for other people and can't spot it for yourself, doesn't mean that somehow um, you're worse at it. Yeah, yeah. I was being mostly tongue in cheek. But... I totally know that, but not everybody <laughs> can see your facial expressions on this podcast. So. I, you just po pointed out something else really important when you said coaches need coaches and most coaches that are actually coaches like people that actually are professional and you know charge a fair price uh, to deliver even more value than they're charging for and helping people get out of their own way and going with the change they seek to make in the world those people know that they also need help so all the best coaches that I know have somebody that that they are working with to help them continue to develop their excellence and to cultivate their um, potential and promise so that they can do an even better job with and for the people that they're working for. One of the things that I think was really liberating for me, and again, interested in your perspective is when I was looking for clients, especially at the beginning, I was looking for the people I thought I could help. and. Of course, I was surrounded. There was hundreds of people I could see that needed help um, getting out of their own way and getting going with the change that they sought to make. But almost all of them didn't 
think they needed a coach didn't weren't looking for a coach didn't want a coach and I when I decided that I wasn't going to try to convince somebody they needed a coach but just started targeting people that understood the importance of a coach um, it was how I was able to to get started and get going with um, that kind of work what's your experience with yeah um, you're right there's we could I, that word is so insidious isn't it we talk about shoulds but coulds are insidious we could help a lot of people but you can't help anybody who doesn't actually want to fix the problem. So if you're in the business, and you both of us are, of helping people get out of their own way, um, they have to want to, mm -hmm. right? And there are really legitimate reasons to not get out of your own way. It's safe. It's comfy. It's cozy. For a lot of people, it works. They're content with that. Remember how I was saying, I don't work with those folks. I work with impatiently ambitious people. Yeah. These are people who feel like getting being in my own way is equivalent to squandering my potential. And that is just not good enough anymore. That person, I want to help. Could I help the person who's just procrastinating and would like to procrastinate less so their husband gets off their back? I could, but I have no interest in doing that. Like, okay, what did you procrastinate on this week? That's not the coaching that I, got, I get out of bed for. I get out of bed to help somebody who's saying, I know I'm on the cusp of greatness. I know I could do something that matters to me and I just can't get out of my own way to do that thing. Okay. Now I'm excited. Now I'm interested. And I think as coaches, we have to be selfish for lack of a better word in making sure that we're using our skills and our talents to help the people that are doing something that matters to us. That I, I often say, I like to work with people who fascinate me and those people fascinate me. Yeah. Well, I, it's not, yeah, so selfish. I understand why you're using that word. It's, it's just, it's the best thing, the best possible service we can provide is to be very, very clear as to who we're for, and to who we're not for, and to suggest that those that we're not for move along, or maybe suggest a, a friend or, or um, you know, a, a fellow coach that would be a better fit for them. Yeah. I know that that's been, uh, it, it, it's been one of the most liberating things for me to be able to say, after somebody takes an assessment, you know what. I don't think I'm the right fit for you right now, but I have three recommendations that I would love for you to pursue because I think um, they would be immensely helpful. We, I want to talk a little bit um, about something that I think is just genius, and I know that um, it was a, a big success for you and a way that you are providing um, you you provided this digital campfire, or maybe it was a bonfire for your community and that was Hildefest. Tell us a little bit about Hildefest and about, um, well, I would love for you to share both what happened, but also what was supposed to happen and how you had to creatively change the way that Hildefest um, was unpacked due to current events. I love it. By the way, there's nothing called Hildefest, but I'm totally stealing that. That should be a thing. Oh, um, it's called. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a good, it's called no matter what. But originally, um, it, in January, before the pandemic hit, I, you know, I've been sitting on this dream for a long time of having my own events. Um, as a coach, as a thought leader, as a movement creator, I want to have a place where we can all come together and have these events. So in January, I was like, I'm finally brave enough to have HildaCon. That's what we call it, HildaCon, right? Hildacon, we're gonna have a thing. I, I'm gonna come up with a better name because that's a ridiculous name, but I needed a placeholder and I'm one of these people that builds the plane while I'm flying it. So we don't need a name even to start announcing this thing and selling tickets. And then of course pandemic hit and nobody was getting on an airplane to come 
to Los Angeles to have an event at a venue I can't rent and all of the things. So we had to pivot. Now, as we were pivoting, we were also changing the promise of the event. And the name of the event became No Matter What, um, which is really about making commitment at this no matter what level. And uh, which is still Hildecon, but much more focused and specific with a promise that that matters. And so we had the first event in late June, the next one's coming up in late September. And it was sensational. What's been really interesting is as a creative person, sometimes we can get in our head what it's supposed to look like and get married to that vision. So much so that everything other than that vision is a disappointment. But what's turned out to be the case is, um, I think this event turned into what it wanted to be, which is this virtual experience where when people have a break during this virtual experience, they're in their own homes. They can lay in their own beds. As one of my clients said, it was so nice to be able to pee in my own toilet when I was in this event because it was such a supercharged push. It was nice to be in my own safety of my environment before I came back in and had this experience. Um, So, in a very strange turn of events, I've allowed myself to kind of let go of what my ego wanted it to be and let it turn into what it needed to be given the circumstances. And it's proven to be the best thing I've ever offered. Yeah, I love that. I found that experience to be true with writing too. Oftentimes I go in with an idea, like I have a clear destination. I may even have, um, you know, I, I may even have some of the guideposts along the way marked out. And then I start writing and then I realize that I'm not actually heading to where I initially thought I was heading. And an older uh, 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 Scott Perry of the past would have like said, I'm just gonna ram my way through to my predetermined destination where now I just go, okay, I'm stepping out of the way, you show me where you wanna go. And it always yeah. ends up you know, somewhere great. And it sounds like um, Hildecon or no matter what, um, was a raging success. Um, so I think Hildefest will be the one that that has um, that, that's going to be like the Burning Man version of no matter oh what. Oh my gosh! We're have yeah, I'm sure. Body Except, painting. Uh, and... <laughs> I'm, one thing about me is I'm pyrophobic, so we will not be putting anything on fire. <laughs> so I could never go to Burning Man just because of pyrophobia alone, and for many other reasons. But yeah, we'll get to Hildefest someday, and I'm totally stealing that name. So, well, just for, for the record, at Creative on Purpose, we've been talking a lot about digital campfires, and digital campfires actually, you know, are are much safer. So, um, oh, feel I can free, handle <laughs> you can handle that. <laughs> well, um, t- tell us a little bit about, you know, you've you've you're writing a book. We know that that's coming up. You just finished, um, no matter what, and that was a great success. And you're uh, really, it sounds to me from previous conversations that you and I have had that you're kind of getting away from the kind of one-on-one direct coach, you know, coaching to this idea of community and cause and movement building. And so what's, what's next, uh, you know, after, after the book, where, where, where do you see yourself or what's the, the, the point on the horizon that you're aiming at? Great question. I want, like I said before, with this idea of making Hilda a household name, which is a fun little sentence to say, the truth is that really is the focus. So instead of figuring out how can I help one person one-on-one for a long period of time and really go deep, I've learned 
with a little eating of crow, like my ego doesn't love this. But the truth is that my work, when coupled with a group of people, even a small group of people, is more powerful mm -hmm. than anything I can do one on one. Because I can say to them, blue in the blue in the face as a coach, you're not alone. You're not the only one that thinks this. But when you're surrounded by a bunch of other people going, girl, I feel you. Yes, I, oh my gosh, I do that too. I'm not the only one. All of that creates a shared experience and, and is so disarming that my work actually becomes much more approachable for everybody. And in realizing that, it really is about taking this movement to the next level. So I want to figure out how to grow my audience with lower tickets opportunities so that more people can have access to this but more importantly have access to each other and find out that you are not crazy that you are this impatiently ambitious person living on an island of one you're not alone there's a whole bunch of us who have been there we get it and we've got you yeah i really love that i know that in my experience um working with the the creative on purpose community and the difference maker community that um it's one of the wonderful things about doing that and even though it's not uh you know would could not be purely defined as coaching group coaching mm -hmm. you know when you get a group of people around a digital campfire and you're talking about your challenges and sharing your struggles and your experiences a lot of the times for the community organizer the empresario or the convener of the call you're just you're just sitting back and and setting building the container initiating the discussion and then as people are talking they're tapping the wisdom of the room as opposed to you having to be the guru on the stage dispensing your pearls of wisdom and your um, advice and insights which is never a good idea it's also um, not my style yeah. i am much more of a guide on the side than a sage on the stage i always have been i mean i i can run my mouth i have a lot of opinions but that, that's not really what my work is about my work's about uh conversation like yours i think that's why you and i get along so well we have uh slightly different styles you're much more professional i'm much more ridiculous but i i love that about us but beyond that um we we have just slightly different styles to a similar approach and i think that that's really exciting yeah, well, I think the members of my community would say that um, I could give you a run for your money in the ridiculous. Oh, okay. Well, see, but... <laughs> I don't know that side of you that well. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's you know the the and the idea. I, I love the direction you're going, and um, you know, you and I've you you've helped me rethink about my approach because I know that basically any of us that are involved in this kind of work, we're trying to save the world, but we're smart enough to know that we actually don't have the leverage to change right. the world. But what we do have leverage to do is to impact and influence the lives of people immediately around us for the better. And if we can help them get out of their own way and lean into the work that they're meant to do and that they're good at and that, you know, help them make the change that they seek to make, then they will do the same for the people in their circle and on and on and on. And so by just changing a handful of lives, uh, we can actually create a ripple effect that does change the, the greater culture and make things better um, for everyone concerned. So really appreciate that. I have one final question for you. This is a question I ask all my guests at the end. And that, and, and maybe you've already stated it, but um, feel free to, to restate if, if that's the case or, or share another pearl of wisdom. But if there is just one tip, one piece of advice, 
one question that you would leave listeners with that would help them fly higher in an endeavor where they seek to make a difference, what would that be? If you were one of these people that heard me talk about the inner critic and thought, I have the inner critic too, there must be something wrong with me. I want you to know this. If your inner critic is really loud, that's good news. It means you're awesome. It means you're onto something. It means you're trying or already doing something that matters. And so one of the things that drives me crazy is that the gurus out there are telling you, just ignore that voice, just ignore that voice. And then you can't, and you feel like there's something wrong with me that I can't ignore that voice. It's getting louder, not quieter. What's wrong with me? If that's what's coming up for you, you're in good company, my friends, because people who suffer that inner critic are doing something that matters. She doesn't even bother if you're sitting around eating bonbons and watching Netflix. She bothers to give you all this grief because you're about to do something big. So I just, if nothing else, 50% of this is recognizing, hey, that's good news. She's bothering, I must be onto something. So keep going through it. And if you need more help with that, I've got you. Awesome. Yeah, the inner critic is a fantastic compass. Jenny, I'm not sure, well, here, we'll we'll go into the closing here and, We want to thank everyone for tuning in. Jenna and I really appreciate you uh, lending us some of your valuable time and attention. We hope today's broadcast motivates you to learn, lean into an endeavor that matters with greater curiosity and courage. You can learn more about Coach Jenny. Where, Jenny? Go to CoachJenny.com or hang out with me over on Instagram at CoachJenny. Fantastic. And of course, it's always great to see you at CreativeOnPurpose.com too. Now, Go out and make a difference and keep flying higher. Jenny, thank you so much for the time that you spent with us today. Thank you. This was awesome.